0: Welcome back. We are here in week two of this series, which is called Once Upon a Time, uh, and we are going to be continuing to look at Jesus' parables. Last week, we talked about the lost sheep and the lost coin and about how vital it is as Christians to remember the lessons of those parables and not just seek out the lost sinner, but seek out anyone who, who is anywhere that, that needs help. We have to, to remember to put ourselves in other people's shoes. It's so vital. For us, especially right now in, in, in the world, in the country, and wherever we are, uh, this week I'm going to be talking about something else that, that is also a, a, a timely topic in that it's always a timely topic for Christians, for everybody, because it's something that we all kind of struggle with, and that's forgiveness. So I want to talk about living forgiveness. And I want to start with a parable in Matthew 18:21 through35. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. So this is almost uh, more entertaining to me than the parable that follows, because I love thinking about Peter, as so many of us probably live our lives, definitely live our lives at different points. He's going to Jesus, who he loves, who he worships, who he, he, he follows completely. And he asks him a pretty simple question. How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Now, we, over the benefit of time, and I remind you of something I said last week, uh, don't jump ahead. Do your best to take these in fresh, to to pay attention as I speak, as I, I give you the words. Because even though Jesus told these stories and taught lessons through these stories a couple thousand years ago, they still mean so much. And we can get the 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 meaning that he has, the wisdom that he has, the lessons that he has, the way that he didn't just say, hey, this is how you should live. Although he said that from time to time, but 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 in messages, in sermons. But instead of telling people, this is what you have to do, saying, listen to me and get it yourself. Like, follow me, seek me, make the decision. Because Christianity is about making that decision for him and then showing others what that means. And so Peter... Who is pretty smart and he knows that that he's one of the leaders of the disciples and, and, and he's a strong guy, a bold guy. He cares very much about the message. He's always on the front lines. He's he's got like we've got thousands of Peter stories that we know where he's done so much and he's messed up a few times, but he's always has the best intent when he goes forward. And so he goes to Jesus and said, how often should I forgive someone? Now, the reason he asked this is twofold. Uh, Number one is the Jews at the time, the Pharisees at the time, and and all of everything that they taught, uh, basically taught that that you should only forgive somebody seven times. And after that, it's done. Like it's over. Or no, only forgive somebody once. And then after that, it's over. Sorry. Uh, and, And Peter's like seven times. And so in his head, he's like, yeah, Jesus is going to be like, wow, seven times, Peter, you're awesome. Like, that's amazing. He's not asking the question so that Jesus will teach a lesson. Now he loves Jesus' lessons and he loves Jesus. But he's asking the questions to get an attaboy, to, to get a, hey, good job, Peter. You're really on the right track. Seven times, hey, uh, James and John and, and, and Judas, everybody over here, Peter said he's going to forgive somebody seven times because we all want that from someone, maybe it 's from our parents, maybe it 's from our kids, maybe it 's from teachers, from bosses, uh, from pastors, from whatever. We want people to to point out when we do a good job. Now that doesn 't mean that the reason we do anything is for that purpose, but we often enjoy getting that. Uh, we, we all know that we 're living not for the treasure on earth but for the treasure in heaven, but we still like to hear, "Hey, good job, you know hey, you had a, a, an impact, you had an effect." Uh, we all pay attention to stuff like that. And so Peter's no different. And so, again, he's expecting Jesus to say, wow, that's that's good. Like, you're paying attention, dude. And yet Jesus says, not seven times, 70 times seven. Now, that also does not mean that at 491 you stop. I hope I did the math right. I'm not going to check it. I'm going to keep going. But you you stop forgiving somebody. He's saying this. Big number for people then, because Peter didn't have a phone that was also a calculator, that was also a camera, that was also a recorder, that was also a Marvel Puzzle Quest game. I don't know what else they're used for. I assume that's it. Maybe talking? I don't know. Anyway, so he, he's saying that, like this absurdly big number to Peter, to the disciples, to the Pharisees, because, again, they were teaching, you don't give people third choices, fourth, third chances, fourth chances. You forgive, and if they mess up again, they're done. They're cut out. And so Peter, who goes above and beyond, he feels, Jesus is like, no, no, no. You don't just go above and beyond with people. You go above and above and above and above and above and keep going. Now, one of the things that I'm careful to say whenever I talk about forgiveness, and this is so important. uh, In our society, in human society forever, we always mix the two terms, forgive and forget. And that's dumb. Like, it's, it's one thing to hold it over somebody's head and to always remind them of what they've messed up. I believe that's called marriage, just joking. But it's, I'm, sorry, Terry made me tell that joke. Just joking, maybe. But it's, it's one thing to hold wrong things over somebody's head. We don't do that. If somebody messes up, we don't hold it over their heads. We don't continue to remind them. We don't continue to, to make them feel bad about it. That's important. But we also don't forget if someone hurts us. Now again, that doesn't mean we talk about it, we bring it up, we, we remind them, but we remember that. Because if someone hurts you, and you just forget about it, and then they hurt you again. I believe there's a saying like, fool me once, shame on, on you. Fool me 23 times, shame on me, whatever it is. And, and, and the point is, we remember what happened... We just don't remind what happened. Forgiveness is more for us than them. It's healing us of that. But we still remember, especially if it's something uh, like like abuse or something that that is awful, something that is difficult to deal with, something that really, truly hurts us, either physically or emotionally, something that, that is even devastating. Forgiveness is, again, for us. It's something to help us to let go of it. But remember that. Now, if you want to give someone a second chance and and they've proven over time, uh, even though they hurt you badly and they've proven like that they've changed, that's up to you. And that's something that you should pray about and and remember and know, but always be aware, be cautious and and still forgive. And I know that sounds kind of weird because again, we put those two words together so much, but to forgive means that we let go of the weight of, of the hurt. It doesn't mean that we don't feel it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't affect us. It doesn't mean that it doesn't impact us. But we let go of it. And so we don't constantly remind them. We don't tell other people. We, we, we do our best to move forward. And so I want to go into the parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be, cared to a, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process one of his debtors was brought in and owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. That is huge because millions of dollars, and this has been updated a little bit for, for us it's, uh, in terms of money now, but millions of dollars is millions of dollars. Regardless of inflation, regardless of anything else, millions of dollars is a lot. And even if it's like 10 bucks and somebody forgives you completely, that's a big deal, like that's important. And so the the king, the master, is like, hey, you owe me millions of dollars. Like you've had chances to pay me back and you have not. In fact, I saw you buy some new baseball cards and I saw you buy whatever and he's maybe keeping track. Probably not, but maybe, we do that. And so he's like, I'm gonna sell you. Like it's no, no nothing personal, but I need this money back. And, and so the guy falls down. And he's like, please, give me one more chance. Help me to, to help myself. Help me to pay it back. Give me this, this chance. Believe in me. Give me one more chance. Who knows how many chances he had. Who knows how long it had been. But he asks for another chance. And the king goes way above and beyond. He doesn't say, yeah, pay me back next Thursday. And that would have been generous. That would have been merciful. He doesn't say, pay me back in a year, two years, three years, five years. That, again, would be... Merciful, generous. He doesn't say, okay, it's millions, let's cut it down to uh, 100,000 or 50,000 or 50. Or 50. All of those would be generous. And I think most of us, if we were forgiving of someone and we're like, you have to earn it back, you have to pay it back, you have to prove yourself. And we cut it in half or we moved it down or we changed it a little bit. Then, then we'd feel pretty good about ourselves. But the master says, okay, wiped clean. That is so... Amazing, and clearly, to cut ahead just a little bit, the the master represents God. And this is vital for us every single day of our lives. If we ask for forgiveness, he will forgive us. He won't say, hey, yeah, you asked last week, and then you messed up again, and I really, I gotta question your commitment here. If we ask, and in our hearts, we truly want forgiveness, and we're truly saying, I'm sorry, no matter how many times we've asked about the same thing, he will every single time say, I forgive you. Please do better. Do better. I will be with you. And it's on us to do better. And yet he forgives us and he loves us so much that he will give us. As I've said before, nothing separates us from his love. And so we see this man and we, if you were put in this situation, for example, I have student loans. Everybody pretty much does, but I have student loans. Now, if the government came to me or somebody came to me and is like, hey, we are going to forgive all of this debt And you know what? You don't have to pay taxes anymore. That's pretty big. Like, that's amazing. Uh, It's not going to happen, but it's something that I'd be like, wow, that's awesome. Now, I would hope that I would then go and be really happy with everybody. And if somebody, like, stepped on my toe or cut me off in traffic, I wouldn't be upset. But sometimes we suck. Sometimes when, when people give us mercy, when people give us grace, when people forgive us, we turn around and it's like, yeah, I just got this, but I'm different. Uh, last week, the whole point of the message was put yourself in somebody else's shoes. We struggle with that. We fail at that often. And, and so we're going to see what happens. But right now, just imagine the joy in this man's heart, because it's important to know where he's coming from here. He is, has just been forgiven of millions of dollars of debt. He has just been forgiven of prison. He has just been forgiven of everything awful that would have destroyed his life. And he's been given a completely clean slate. It's an awesome deal. And so he is as happy as he's ever going to be, probably. We go to the next part. But when this man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay for it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. Uh, He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. So we read this. And every single person who reads this is like, whoa, that's insane. Like how he was just forgiven of millions and for thousands? He, he threw the guy in jail like he's such a hypocrite. Because it's always easy to point out when someone else is being a hypocrite. It's always easy to look at the person next to us who is messing up. Look at the person next to us who will not forgive. Look at the person next to us who is doing the wrong thing. It's always easy to point that out. But I've heard it said, and I never get it quite right, but if you point your finger at somebody, there are three fingers pointing back at you, and the thumb is somewhere. But anytime you're looking at someone else and what they do, and you're focused so on that, and it's like, man, they're a hypocrite. Man, they're this. Man, they're that. you got to pay attention to the, the, the plank in your own eye to copy from Jesus. And so I would guarantee... That in this story, this man who had just been forgiven of millions of dollars of debt, more than anyone had ever been forgiven from, maybe, and who had turned around and saw somebody who owed him money, who should have been so happy and been like, dude, I have just had my life saved. Let me tell you about this guy. Let me tell you about what happened to me. Let me tell you about how amazing I feel. And that thousands, whatever, get out of here, you're done. That's what he should have said. But I would guarantee that even after he had him thrown in jail, He didn't think, man, I'm a hypocrite. He didn't think, man, I was just forgiven of this amazing debt, and now I just threw somebody in jail for less of the same crime. No, I would guarantee that he thought what all of us think at one point or another. It's different for me. It's different for me. It's different for me uh, to go to sports for a second and they're not happening right now for the most part, but one of the things you'll see, I'm just going to use Antonio Brown as an example. I don't know him personally. I don't know anything about him. I just know that he's not the best teammate according to what I see. Uh, he, he has caused some problems. He's caused some issues. And, and yet, because he's good, because he's skilled, each coach, each team, each owner thinks well, yeah, that was with them, though. This is with me. Like, I'm different. We see it in dating. We see it in friendships. We see it in relationships. We see it everywhere. Well, yeah, I realized that the other 99 times that, that, that this happened, then that it's, you know, it was messed up, but that wasn't me. Like, I'm me. And so this guy, he's thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was forgiven, but I'm me. I'm supposed to be forgiven. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I had the best intentions. This guy over here, he doesn't have good intentions because it's so hard. To see when we are being hypocritical. It is so hard to see when we're on one side of an issue. Politically or or personally or whatever. And it's like man yeah this is what I'm saying. This is right. And then somebody else says the same thing. Or something different. The opposite. Because they believe strongly. It's like man how could they think that? How could they believe that? How could they allow themselves to say that? How could they allow themselves to do that? Because we only think of ourselves most of the time. It's such a difficult thing to, to, to see as Christians. It's such a difficult thing to do because every single person, myself included, has thought, even if we don't like, actually think it, has had that thought go through our heads or through our actions, through the way we live. Well, it's different for me. I, I should get forgiveness. Like I, I am doing my best, but they're not. Uh, one of the things that you see is if somebody is, is if we are having a bad day, if you wake up and, and you didn't sleep very well because you had a big assignment or, or something was happening at home and you didn't get very much sleep and you wake up in a bad mood and, and your mom or your dad, your brother, your sister, your kid, whoever, that's different age groups. That was, I was talking to parents there. But whoever it is, uh, they're like, you know, they get in your way or they say something and you just snap at them. Then you expect them when you come back, you're like, man, I'm sorry, I didn't get much sleep. You expect them to understand it. We all do. And yet, if they wake up in a bad mood and they say something bad to you, you're like, how could you do that? That's not an excuse. Like not getting enough sleep, that's not an excuse. We should be kind. We should be better. We do this all of the time. We see this all of the time in the world. It's always different for the person speaking. It's always different when it affects you. It's always different when it affects your family. It's always different when it affects your interests. But this story has the human nature perfectly down. Because this guy was forgiven of more than anybody could ever be forgiven of. And instead of turning around and forgiving, he turned around and slapped the guy in the face. Not only did he slap the guy in the face, he slapped the guy who had forgiven him, the master, the king. Slapped him in the face. Last part of the scripture. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man who he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. We don't like to focus on that last line. Because rightfully, we think of God as a forgiving king. We think of him as a a truly merciful and great God, because he is. Because anytime we go to him, anytime anyone goes to him and asks for forgiveness, we're forgiven. And yet, over and over again in the Bible, in this parable, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus points out, hey, if you are forgiven, and it doesn't even change you enough to forgive other people, to treat other people like you want to be treated, then you're not living that out. And he's not he's not keeping like a scoreboard. He's not keeping a checklist of, well, I've forgiven them seven times and they've only forgiven other people three times. He's not doing that. This is not him saying you're not good enough to go on. It's not him saying any of that. It's because if you are truly forgiven and you are truly living for Christ and you are truly doing your best, then you have that desire in your heart to show other people that forgiveness, too. Again, this does not mean that you let people walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you uh, forgive and forget. It doesn't mean that if somebody hurts you, that you continue to let them hurt you. Sometimes you absolutely do have to cut people out of your lives. But you don't do it in a public way where you're like, hey, yeah, this person hurt me and they said something bad and then they did this and then they did that and they took this and all of this. And so I'm going to post this long post about them and I'm going to be, be very clear about who I'm talking about without using names. That's how LeBron James teach, treats his teammates. That's not what we should do. We like to do that, though. Because, again, it's different for us. And yet in this parable, Jesus, who's still talking to Peter and the disciples, says, listen, we have to be different than the world. Because you are forgiven, it is so much more important for you to be forgiving. Because you are shown mercy, it's so much more important for you to show mercy. Because you have been given grace. It's so much more important for you to live out that grace. Uh, James says that, that faith without works is dead. That does not mean, and I've said this before, that works get you into heaven. I had a conversation with Terry about how we always kind of focus on what doesn't get you into heaven, or you can't work your way into heaven. But nothing can keep you out of heaven either except your decisions. Because God is always going to forgive you if you come to him and ask him. God loves you so much. He wants everyone to be in heaven. He wants everyone to be forgiven, but you have to ask. And more than that, you have to let that forgiveness change who you are. Some of the things that I say, I realize that, that when I'm talking to teenagers, that you're like, man, but I'm just a teen. All of us have thought that. Because even now, when we hear something from Pastor Tim or Julie or, or uh, Billy Graham or whoever else, we think, well, but I'm just, however old you are, 73. And we think that because, again, we all naturally think it's different for me. And and yet, yeah, I know what I should do. But, but God understands that I'm going to mess up, and he does understand that you're going to mess up. But if he forgives you, and he does, he calls us to take that forgiveness and not hold it, not put it under a rock, not bury it deep down like the the servant that, that wasted his talents he says take that forgiveness and let it fill your life so much that you're basically living forgiveness and that's a dual meaning there see what i did there you're basically living out the forgiveness that you've been given and so you treat others like you want to be treated you treat others like jesus would treat them you remember the words of jesus where he said hey I want you to be in heaven. But you have to want others to be there too. This does not mean that everyone's truth is truth. This does not mean that everyone makes it. This means that we are in such a place, we are in such a time, that we have this opportunity to take the life, take the forgiveness, take the grace that we've been given and show everyone else, whether we like them or not. A couple weeks ago I did a Facebook Live and the challenge that I did was... Make a list of every person that you disagree with, every person that you dislike, every person that's wronged you or that you think has wronged you. And again, don't make that physical because you're going to get yourself in trouble. But to take that list and pray for each of those people. Now, one of the things that you'll find if you've been a Christian for any amount of time is sometimes people use prayer almost as a threat, almost as an insult, not like a, hey, you know what, I'll pray for you, but like a, oh, You're wearing that? I'll pray for you. Or, oh, that's what you think? I'll pray for you. And it's like a slap in the face. But when I say pray for everyone, I mean, don't pray, I hope that they see my point of view. I hope that they change to be like me. Pray, I hope that they find the same hope, the same forgiveness, the same feeling for life, for Jesus that I have. And I hope that I have the opportunity to show them, to love them, to be better, to remember the forgiveness that I felt, and to take it to them. Forgiveness is such a tough topic because so many awful things happen to people. I have known people in my life, in my past, who have been sexually abused, who have been physically abused, who have been hurt in in ways beyond what any person should be hurt. And to look at them and say, well, yeah, you should forgive them. It's such a hard conversation to have. And you don't want to, like, as soon as somebody's hurt, you don't want to walk up and say, hey, forgive them real quick. Because it takes time. But again, and this is what I said at the beginning, it's important. Forgiveness is not for the other person necessarily. Now it's good and it can be a tool and it can be a ministry. But it's for you. Because one of the things you'll find if you hold grudges, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, the person that you have a grudge against, they have no idea. They don't know that they cut you off in traffic. They don't know that they hurt your feelings necessarily. They don't even know who you are sometimes. And we hold these grudges. And it becomes the Lord of our life. That grudge becomes who we are. And it changes how we treat people. And it changes how we forgive. And it changes how we act. And when Jesus said, forgive everyone. Yes, he's saying it for them. But most of all, he's saying it for the person who is doing the forgiving. Because it eases that weight that we have. And yeah, the memory stands. And yeah, some scars last. And yeah, some pain Lasts longer than others. But to forgive and to move forward. To let Jesus begin to heal you. To help others find that healing. To help others find the way to Him. That's why we are here. In this series, each of these weeks, I'm going to talk about something like this. And, and maybe it'll be about people that are lost. And maybe it'll be people that, that need forgiveness. But, but maybe it'll just be about what Jesus means to us. Because going from the Who Am I series to this... That's on purpose. And I believe that God had a reason for the way that that this was set up. And I believe that God is going to continue to speak through me because even though I am not perfect, I am forgiven. And I absolutely fail sometimes. And I absolutely have to catch myself from having bad feelings about people sometimes. Because with social media and with everything else, like everybody's opinion is out there all the time and somebody disagrees with you. It happens. And so it's on us to catch ourselves And then to look at Jesus and say, okay, I don't care how many times I have to forgive. I don't care how many times I have to pray. I don't care how many times I have to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep listening to you. I'm going to keep living out your calling. And that's what we do as Christians. We're in the summer, and we're firmly in the summer right now. Eventually, you're going to be back in school. Eventually. Who knows? 2025. Just joking. Soon. You're going to be back in school. People are going to hurt your feelings. People are going to bother you. People are going to annoy you. At home, that probably happens too. But the more forgiving you can be, the more you can learn to live your life exactly like Jesus taught, the more you'll find that it just kind of rolls off of you. It doesn't mean you don't feel pain. It doesn't mean you don't feel hurt. It doesn't mean that it doesn't take time to forgive. It means that you immediately recognize, okay, I got to do better. And then you do better and each day, You try to do better than you did the day before. And then we go out and we try to give other people that chance to do the exact same thing. Because Jesus did it for us. Because he forgave us all who have asked of millions of dollars of debt. And all we have to do is go forward and live out that forgiveness each and every day. That's all I got.